It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports. John Glass here, back at it another week with the boys, Christian Brown and Jeff Matthews for some sports. Boys, football season is almost here. We got training camp next week. Yeah, what are we, 49 days out from NFL kickoff? I think that's exactly right. I think it's 49 days or something. I saw 50 yesterday. Preseason, though, is like August 12th. Yeah, I mean, it's closing in, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the league as a whole. Plus Uh, the return of fantasy football, which I'm so pumped about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's... Just another year, another win for me. Oh my! Uh, in the fantasy, what are you? What are we talking about, man? Three years in a row, five star media group fantasy football champion, right here, Mister John Glass. He was the only one that played in those leagues, I think. Well, the first False. couple, <laughs> false. And then, of course, you know when the the competition was actually competitive, he started out like what zero and six or something. That's the the underdog story, the okay. underdog, which story. I respect you coming back. That is pr- pretty impressive when only four people get into the playoffs. Insane. It was more of a situation of everybody played their best game against me because I had like top scoring points. Yeah. Like, top scoring points. We need to add Jeff in then. Correct. Who else? Probably Kyle King as well. Probably, yes. Yeah, Kyle's already... I think it was day three Kyle got in here. He was starting to talk trash about how he was going to dominate this league. I think you're exactly right. They all do, and then they all find the wrath. uh, The the wrath. Yeah, the wrath. He's going to be humbled so fast. You're going to be mad when the whole league just starts going up against you and not the league. Well, that's when, as the commissioner, I just delete the league. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yes, John Glass here with the boys. Back at it another week for some sports talk. High school, uh, Austin P and National. Uh, A little quiet in the high school realm. Uh, College, we got some stuff going on with Austin P, some new moves. Uh, And then National News, we got a lot going on that dropped last Friday. Lots of impact. A lot from like Friday to Sunday, just a bunch of news. A lot of it local, too, with the Titans and the Vols. Uh, Titans signed a new receiver. Uh, I think most of you all probably know who that is at this point. But if you don't, we're going to tease that for the end of the show. Uh, And then the Tennessee Volunteers finally got their uh, punishment uh, with... He gave quotation marks just so everybody knows. They got their punishment. I'm actually happy he put the quotation marks on it. Because he understood. Very, very stern. Uh, I mean, like, it it was... Very stern. It it was definitely... No, it was definitely a punishment. I mean, like, the quotation marks were more comedic effect. But uh, Tennessee got their punishment from the NCAA for the uh, violations that occurred under head coach Jeremy Pruitt. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. Uh, We got some Steelers news, which can tie back into former Austin P. head coaches... Uh, everything is full circle. Uh, 10 separations or what is it? 10 degrees from Kevin Bacon or whatever. I think it's actually five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then five degrees, five separations from Austin P. So, uh, let's get right into it with the high school realm. Northeast, uh, seasonal preview. Yeah. So I met up with North Northeast, uh, head coach, Sam Lipsy, who was recently promoted in April to lead the Northeast football program. So, you know, the biggest transition for Lipsy coming into this new position is time management. And uh, he went on record saying, as a position coach, you have, to, you have more time to work with one group of kids and getting those guys better. As a head coach, you have more perspective. And you have to look at the team as a whole. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, there is definitely a transi- transition period for a new head coach. But, you know, the fact of the matter is he knows these kids. And I think that kind of makes the process a little bit more seamless. 
How long? You said how long has he been with uh, that program already? So five years, and he helped uh, three head coaches in that time span. Yeah, when you have that much knowledge of a program, and when you have that much uh, experience seeing, you know, their own recruitment process and being able to see which way uh, the previous head coach wanted to go, and then also now Lipsy having a a path where he can kind of take what he learned during that time and then just kind of run with it how he wants to. I think it's going to be really awesome to see. I think just like him and all the players, we're all just excited for football season to be back. I mean, baseball's great. We all love baseball. I will watch baseball day in and day out. It's my first love. Yeah. It is. But football season... It hits different, It does hit different. The fall weather, I mean... Friday night lights, mm, Sunday uh, night football... Saturday football, where you are glued to the couch You're for so right. 13 hours in a row. It's the greatest thing in the world. You know, it people is. who actually go do things outside of their 40-inch TV or 60-inch TV or whatever size TV you got, uh, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do with their life, man. <laughs> During like, the fall, I don't know. From, yeah, yeah, from like 11 a.m. on Saturday to... 8 p.m. or 8, actually 10 p.m. Yeah, 10 on PM Sunday. on Sunday. Outside of going to get foods and then like... Family birthdays, yeah. or whatever, uh, or that's why they have NFL pass. You gotta take, honest. like, you gotta take your kid to the park uh, <laughs> or something like that. Something about a graduation, I don't yeah. know. So, Overrated, right? Mom's in the hospital. Oh, that's not okay. Well, okay. something like that. <laughs> We're um, stretching it now. Yeah, no. Outside, of that, I don't know what people do with their lives, man. Football is back. We are super pumped about it. And uh, yeah, I am ready. Uh, speaking of football, Fridays. Uh, ESPN Clarksville, uh, we are going to be having Mr. Jeff Matthews calling high school football game of the week. Yeah, we are doing a game every single week, so we got 11 on the schedule right now. Uh, we are going to be kind of filling you guys in on what that's going to look like in the next couple of weeks. There's still just a few details we're trying to work out as far as what it's going to look like for the whole day, and we're also working on a really cool project that me and John might be participating in. Possibly, yes. We're getting that thing. We're getting everything up to something season. Tuned up, yep. So make sure you're tuning in next week. We're going to talk about what's going to be going on. And then that following week, hopefully we will have a full, uh, complete list of dates and also which games we're going to be at. Uh, And I think it's going to be so much fun. I'm super excited. This is my first season calling a full season in the Clarksville area, so I'm super pumped for this. A lot of storylines. that This is going to be something really fun this year that we're going to be able to do on this podcast uh, with Jeff calling the games, Christian covering a lot of the big games for Clarksville now. Uh, We're really going to be able to develop storylines on this show. Yeah, and here's another cool thing. I'm covering, most of my games are all going to be public schools. But Christian has a lot of the private schools on his schedule. So we're going to be able to get a full glimpse as to the whole area of Clarksville and what this athletic scene is going to look like this football season. And the thing about that is, too, you know, we want to spread the love always. And that's what it's all about, making sure every player, every team gets the recognition they deserve, too. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Jeff. Yeah, really bringing local high school sports uh, to not only this podcast, but the East being Clarksville Throughout the district, too, uh, letting you know everything from the first kickoff of the first game to the final down of the state tournament. Hopefully, if we can get right. one of the yep. uh, local teams in well, Clarksville and you know, here. I, I can't promise anything, but if we have a Clarksville area team that goes deep, I mean... There, I don't know what would stop us from possibly covering that. It's a conversation to right. have, and I think... 
I'm all in favor of it. Of course. Well, yeah, in, pre- in prep sports in general here in the Clarksville area, you know, it ties into everything. It ties into uh, Austin P. It ties yep. into the University of Tennessee. Uh, where are these kids? How are these kids developing? How are they going to be in the next level? Where are they going to be? Uh, it's really cool, and we're really excited to see uh, what comes of that. So uh, we'll touch on that later. Uh, but moving on, we got Austin P. Some uh, news. Scotty Walden. And uh, linebacker Sam Howard nominated for the 2023 All-State AFCA Good Works team. Yeah, so this is a really cool award. This is an award that basically focuses on community members and community pe- commu- members of the community in athletics that are really helping out the community. Uh, Scotty Walden and linebacker Sam Howard both have done fantastic work for the community. Scotty Walden uh, volunteering in numerous organizations. Same with Sam Howard. He spent a lot of time with Burt Elementary, their mentoring program. Um, so both these guys, rightfully so, nominated for this award. It's a really cool opportunity. I was actually looking at it. So a panel chooses the whole entire team basically so they award them um also it looked like the person who was on that board this year was tim tebow oh really yeah i found that out i thought Which that is was the interesting. greatest person to have on there too that's I was the, about to say, the most right. wholesome yeah yes dude you can think of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah a person with a true heart yeah well and jeff that's something that like we've really seen a lot of through Austin P is the community involvement, the yeah. volunteering. Like we heard Corey Gibson a couple months back talking about how that was um, one of the first things he said during his press conference too, which it's amazing to is, see is getting involved, volunteering, yep. putting that work forward. And uh, Austin P as a whole, football, baseball, basketball, track and field, they're all an exemplary. Uh, They're just a good example for the community. Yeah, and Scotty Walden, not only has he done a great job for the community as Clarksville, but also just thinking about some of the cool things that he's done for the Austin P football players. I mean, he has come in and not only been a great coach, but he has been a mentor to these guys. And he has been, you know, such an awesome person to be around. He has so much energy, and he's one of my favorite coaches to watch on on the sidelines. Because if you watch him, that man is jumping up and down, and I don't think he ever stops screaming. I think one of his quotes was he's like, he wakes up Jack he doesn't need coffee or something like that. Yes. Big wrestling fan, too. He is a huge wrestling huge fan. Huge pro wrestling fan. I remember me, him, and Brian Reeves, like one of the first uh, weeks he got here, we were doing the coach's show, just talking wrestling. Oh, yeah. He's wrestling. a cool guy. Love Scotty Walden. Love that he's been nominated for this award. Really excited to see it. So that panel chooses the whole team. I said that a moment ago. They announced that in September. And then after that, for the rest of the for the foreseeable future, fans actually get to participate, and they will pick the captain of the team. Nice. So that'll be a little fun fan interaction right there. Yep, for sure. Uh, That's really cool. Uh, Love that Austin P is getting spotlight on that. Uh, You know, when you volunteer, it's not for, hey, look at me, see what I did. But it is nice to see uh, recognition or recognition is due. So, uh, yeah, in the softball world, we have a new coach. Uh, added to the staff assistant coach yeah it's an assistant she is an assistant uh, head coach alumnus Danielle Learman she played in 2016 2019 for Austin P and she was incredible three-time first team all OVC 2019 second team OVC she started all four years of her collegiate career three years of which were at third base in her senior year she played third first and she was a designated hitter and if you go look at Austin P program stats for softball uh, this is a name you're going to see quite a bit. So she leads Austin P program in home runs with 49, 175 RBIs, total bases at 422, and she is second all-time at Austin P and slugging percentage at 645 and in hits 228. 
Last one, I promise. Doubles with 45. This girl has been awesome for Austin P over the past few years. And then coming out of college, she was already a graduate assistant coach with the governor's program from the two, in the 2019-2020 season. And then she was a volunteer assistant with the Govs in the 2020-2021 season. So after she, after this was all announced, um, Learman said, This place has been my second home for many years. I can't wait to give back to the athletes and program that have given me so much. I am honored to be coaching under my mentor, Coach K, which is Coach Cassie Stanfill. I'm excited to to get started back and be back on the field. I'm ready to help grow, challenge, and lead APSU softball. That is awesome. You know, I feel like this has been a position for her she's been groomed into yeah, for yeah. years. And it, it, I'm sure it's amazing for her to see it come to fruition. But also, I, I, I'm guessing she's going to primarily work with the hitting departments, with the I'm players. I'm assuming, yes. Yeah, yeah. That would be my prediction. And you know... This is such a cool thing because I think of it, you know, even Coach Stanfill, she was a player who ended up uh, coaching for her old school. And I bet you that is a very similar situation that Coach Stanfill saw. Like she was like, I have a player who is very good, very knowledgeable on this sport. One of the best Govs of all time. Right. A legend of Governor's softball. Of all sports, not just softball, too. She's. I think Coach Stanfield also sees a little bit of her inside of yeah. her, and I think that mentoring going forward is going to be incredible. And I think Austin P. Softball is going to be unstoppable this year. You know, oh, yeah. I wonder if we'll see some extra power in those at bats too. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I mean, why not? Right? Yeah, yeah. No, this is awesome to see uh, stuff going on throughout Austin P. Uh, with Scotty Walden, with Danielle Learman. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're pulling stuff. They're just keeping us occupied, definitely, throughout the offseason. Well, I mean, you want to talk about a busy offseason. I mean, immediately following baseball, uh, Governor's squad started just signing 11 players. Has it, does it, and that's something we can touch on real quick for a few minutes. What, I don't know if it's like whether it was when we were kids or even just five years ago, it feels like that break between football, the end of basketball, College World Series, and to the beginning of football, from like College World Series and really to the beginning of football, it seems like it's just completely vanished from what's going on in the sports world. Like just with the uh, uh, the transfer portal oh, yeah. and uh, s- signing all these players, giving us stuff to talk about, giving us stuff to read and catch up on. It's like a never-ending cycle now. So uh, we are very fortunate and very lucky not to have to uh, sit and twiddle our thumbs for a month and a half. I think one of the cool things that Austin P has done is in those 11 players that have signed, two of which are from the Clarksville area, Cannon Rice, and then also Sean Scott that's coming from Tennessee. Thanks. But then on top of that, DJ Merriweather already committed to Austin P. He just hasn't signed yet. Austin P making a lot of moves, three of which local, and I think a lot of people like the way that looks because we're having homegrown talent at the top level of D1 sports. Oh, yeah, no. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, selfishly, I love it because, like I just said, it gives us something to talk about and uh, pay attention to for the next two months. And uh, not only just that, but what's going on outside of the world of uh, local Clarksville high school sports and Austin P sports. We had some. We had a. We are so fortunate to get <laughs> to get the uh, news that we got on a Friday news dump, and then over the weekend, uh, first. We'll kick it off to uh, Christian because his team, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, actually just uh, inked a deal, and it has ties back to Will Healy, who was the former Austin P head coach. Yeah, so Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte, University of Charlotte in North Carolina, 
uh, who was a product product of Will Will Healy for one season, just signed a four year extension, sixty eight million dollars with the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> of course, you probably know. Of course, he plays opposite T.J. Watt, and when T.J. was out this past basically the whole season, you know, he made a true mm-hmm. impact. And the fact of the matter is this: he earned his money. You he know, did. he has twenty two career sacks or. It, yeah. So I have that's it right correct. here. In 2022, this is his last season, he averaged eight tackles a game. Thank you. He okay. had 14.5 total sacks, 38 solo tackles, but what I like, forced five fumbles. Yeah, and then 22 career sacks on top correct. of that. Yes, that's what So that's most that of his number. production came from this past season. And you, you watched the film, he was unstoppable. He actually, I think, led the league in, in the first five games in total sacks. So, I mean, he was a disruptor in the backfield, and, you know... And he's a big guy, too. Yeah, and it, it made my heart skip a beat when I saw that when I first woke up at around 6 a.m. this morning. Yeah. You know, I love, especially with this new general manager, Omar Khan, mm-hmm. you know, he's been very aggressive this offseason, but he's also very committed to giving those players those extensions that they earned. So, uh, of course, I know John probably wants to jump right into it. Well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll make a little comment on that. You were saying uh, the Steelers getting aggressive, too. I mean, uh, Philly's that whole area. Philly made I a mean, lot they're, of They're yeah. all aggressive. Yeah, they are. That whole city. The whole state of Pennsylvania, it seems whole like. State, whole state of Pennsylvania just getting aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Phillies have the most expensive pitching rotation in the major leagues, and then you have... The Steelers have the most expensive defense in the league. Yeah, and, the then you have, uh, and then you have the Eagles, who just went out and they, they got a bunch of people in the offseason. And then on top of that, they had a great draft. Yeah. I, um, their general manager, I can't think of his name right now, but man... I think it's also that I think, well, for the Eagles, at least, a lot of that has to do with that added talent of Jalen Hurts. Of when Jalen Hurts became, no question, QB1. Made that leap. Yeah. When they, well, I guess you should say when Philadelphia made that leap to make Jalen Hurts their starting quarterback, it brought a new revitalization to Philadelphia area as far as sports go, because I think it just brought a new look, a new um, feel to yeah. Philadelphia. And so now I think all those sports teams are just going to... and. I think a part Go of that for it. process and his leap was the fact that the Eagles made that trade with the Titans for A.J. Brown, who's clearly a number one wide receiver option in the league today. Clearly. <clears throat> you know, probably top three last year. Yeah. And it, you, well, you could argue top. Oh, the yeah. best wide receiver last year. <sighs> for sure. And, it and then because we mentioned A.J. Brown. Yes. That's we can a perfect, now, perfect we can now transition. Open, we can now open the gate. Open the gate. This is going to be a... Uh, Christian is going to this entertain is, you guys this is for about be, 17 hours. This is, uh, John is going to Oh, did I say Christian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. Uh, yes. So, the uh, Titans this Sunday, uh, I think it was first actually reported, not by Ian Rappaport or... Nope. Uh, any other ones? It was a-, a to Z Sports, I think. Correct. A to Z Sports Nashville uh, reported that the Titans got their guy. We got him. I need that. I need that hockey button. So Bush. What's uh, funny? <laughs> we got him. What's funny is I saw the tweet from A to Z, and then about 15 minutes after that, I saw Des Bryant tweet out. Did you uh, see what Des said? No. Des said from credible sources. Uh, I don't think this is true. And uh, you, it's Des Bryant. He has connections to the league, and he has been able to kind of stay pretty relevant yeah. as far as, like, in the conversation of, like, uh, player talks and stuff like that. He just is. So I think a lot of people See, they thought— can't, They just can't accept that, like— But, shout, man, shout out, to, shout out to A to Z Sports, Buck Rising, no, yeah, and all that crew. Big round of applause crew. for those yes. guys. Awesome. awesome because that's, that is— 
they're not a like they're not an Ian Rappaport or an like NFL insider type thing. But not like, Adam Scheffner who tries hard to just get every story he can. Like too. real fa- real fans know ADC Sports yeah. is legit. And you know, I feel like that definitely could have been a front office decision. Correct. Yeah, that could have been like no, no, no. This is the bringing biggest, in local media. This is the biggest story that the Titans have had for a while since getting and AJ I, Brown. I in respect my opinion. that so much for them to take that to a local media outlet too. Because yeah. I mean, I'm unless sure they, they got, got guys, they got guys, and obviously they got Buck Rising, who yep. is yeah. definitely on the inside. Who, who knows who exactly broke? I, it wasn't Buck that broke it. But, I don't think so. No. Um, but it's awesome. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins coming to Nashville. I really didn't think. I did not think he was coming to Nashville. I thought he was going to go. Um, I thought the Chiefs. So there, there was up north. So there was like all, I think it was all of last week. I think it was all Patriots. That's yeah, what I was Patriots. trying to say. It was all of last week where it was just completely a cluster of what's going to happen up and down. Well, well because and then Dallas the got change. involved, and then did they? They, they uh, there was reports that there, there was were talks, reports. but I'm just saying the like, odds. So it was just every. It was like four or five more teams yeah. jumped in on it. You would have thought the odds would be so in let, Tennessee's against Tennessee's favor, but the fit makes the most so, sense. So let's let's all break let's break this down a little bit uh, with the odds uh, that happened. So Tennessee was like a plus three hundred to sign DeAndre Hopkins, and I think the um, how page, long ago was that? That was probably like as of like last Monday or something. Okay. Yeah, and the Patriots were like minus one fifty or minus two hundred, and then I think the Bills were right behind them for some reason. But then it switched to minus three hundred for him to go to Nashville on yes. like Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, so it flipped to minus three hundred for him to go to Nashville on Wednesday after a report came out, I think by Rappaport or somebody that the Titans uh, were. Their offer was becoming more aggressive. Uh, I think it was somewhere around the lines of, hey, uh, this is what we can do for you. This is what we're going to do for that. Like, we need you to kind of like training camp. It's coming up here in two weeks. A lot of people thought that he was either not going to sign before training camp or he was going to wait to see if somebody got injured during training camp to see if he could uh, grab a bag and maybe get on a team that is more fit to chase a ring. But that kind of <clears> hurt <throat> you, too, right? Yeah. So if that were to happen, but now how do you feel? I guess. So, the so yeah, I mean, let's keep going, though. The odds. The odds changed from it was minus like 200 or something for the Patriots. And then the Titans, after their aggressive whatever, it changed to like minus, I think it was minus 300 for Tennessee on a Wednesday. Yeah. And then it bumped back down to minus 120 for the Titans. All of be all because DeAndre Hopkins put the like hands up, like prayer hands on a Chiefs player's Instagram after they were hanging out at the, uh, Hanging out at the SPs. Oh yeah, that's that tabloid reporting so, so right there. Chris he, Jones. He was like, yeah, Chris Jones. He was like, it's good. It was cool hanging out with my brother's day. Hopkins throws up the prayer hands, and then I think Jones or whoever it was below, he was like handshake, uh, fingers crossed emoji, and then that immediately like dropped the Titans like plus two hundred. So that's where I think it was like Rappaport or Schefter or somebody had reported that that is exactly what is happening with these odds, like with DraftKings and some of the other books that were letting people decide on where DeAndre Hopkins was going to go. It was all going off social media. So people kind of didn't necessarily throw that out of the window, but uh, I think the Titans bumped back up to two minus two fifty around Saturday. And there was a report. And I sent y'all this, I think it was on Friday or Thursday and y'all were like, okay. And it was, they weren't verified at all. These are, these were some random accounts that were catching traction. I think on Friday or Saturday, they were saying like 
Titans should expect DeAndre Hopkins to be signing here in the next few days or something to that extent. Nothing really solid behind it. But then come Sunday, I'm uh, I'm doing some stuff and then I'm looking down at my phone. I think I caught it like 45 minutes after Titans agree to deal. Uh, Titans agree to deal with uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins two year deal. And uh, was it Sunday or that Thursday? It was Sunday. It was Sunday I, I thought, that he signed. Okay. It was Sunday that he signed. Uh, DeAndre uh, in report tweeted the Titans are giving star DeAndre Hopkins a two-year, $26 million deal uh, worth up to $32 million with incentives. Source said he gets a base salary of $12 million in year one with a chance to get $15 million. And how these incentives work out, uh, so catch it. Well, we can get into that later. What do you all think about that deal first and foremost? I think it, I think it makes sense. Uh, one, I think that's probably around what you would want to pay him. Um, I think on top of that, two years. This is actually not bad because this is a cool thing that I'm. This is where I think of this: two years, and you get an opportunity to have one year under what's possible, probably going to be Ryan Tannehill, yeah. and then you have another year, which. I'm not so, so this sure is Ryan the, Tannehill yeah. is going to be there next year. The, well, this is the interesting. So then, point. next year would and be the introduction to this is what's going to take us so long to, to talk about this today. It's because there's so many different angles to what's going on with this. Um, so yeah, like what you were saying, Ryan Tannehill. This is his last year of his contract. It's what a 32 million dollar or 36 million dollar contract. I think that Tannehill is under a lot of money, a lot of cap hit. Now. With that being said, Ryan Tannehill had zero offensive line last year. He was injured pretty much the entire year. The Titans bad play did, calling. Bad play calling with Todd Downing. Thank goodness. Uh, and the Titans really just were not able to do anything with what they had. Taking away your top receiver, too, and you had a rookie in trailing Burks. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you expect him to do so much? Granted, they did think that they were going to have a veteran quarterback for most of their season. Exactly, but... And I think they expected more from Malik Willis in case that scenario where Ryan Tannehill does is, get hurt. Which is why Will Levis exactly. is the expected replacement for well, Willis. Well, I mean, at, at this point. Maybe right? my expected yeah. replacement from, for from, Willis because I just don't see... Um, I just don't. I don't see Malik staying with the team. No. I think you go and you get you a brand new quarterback out of Kentucky with Will. So what we're seeing right now in training camp is Malik Willis is ahead of Levis, and he is performing very well. But he did that last year. That's expected. Yeah, Yeah. but he did that last year, too. He was performing incredible in training camp. And he did good in the preseason, if I don't believe. He he was flashy. He had one great game during the preseason, and everybody thought he was going to be the next... Patrick Mahomes yeah. and but, but let's yeah let's get in let's not get too far off track with yeah Malik Willis and uh Will Levis Levis should be, is the guy that they're hoping to be their future yeah now what I'm getting at is you know Ryan Tannehill had everything against him in the world last year he is healthy now his ankles are healed uh he can he is back to the Ryan Tannehill at least physically than Re- he was two years ago rejuvenated Reju- offensive re- line. yeah rejuvenated well Nicholas Petit Ferrer got popped for six games for uh gambling inside of the facility which on uh, baseball yeah, everybody keep oh. it, keep an eye out for this Friday because um I believe that we're gonna have another news dump for the NFL and then you're gonna see a lot more players get suspended uh hopefully the I, Titans I, are not one of them I was about to say yeah, yeah. see that I, I brought this con- I brought this topic up before I don't know if it was to y'all but I've said this I've talked about this it's I feel like it's gonna be really hard for athletes to be gambling in the future. Yeah, and I think that, yeah. Like, I feel like there's going to be some rules Don't do it. placed out. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to. And if they do allow it, you're only going to be allowed to gamble in the offseason of your of your sport. 
Well, that's that's something I think that we can get into hope, hopefully next week in detail. Um, no, I obviously don't want anybody suspended, Look, but gambling, it's going to happen. Gambling and all of that stuff, that being 100% legal in the United States now, only, well, I guess in well, certain states, yeah. but Tennessee being one of those states, it's one, it's going to change the whole entire sports industry yeah. in the future. It already has, but I mean, like, I think it's going to dramatically change it even more. Um, but I think, like I said, more and more regulations about players and more rules about this are going to be coming out in the next two to three years. Yeah. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to look really well, weird. I don't yeah. see, I don't see any rules that you make for this where it doesn't come out with somebody going like, this doesn't make sense. Well, and that's, so Nicholas Petit Freire, for those of you who didn't know, uh, their right tackle, he got suspended for six games for uh, gambling. It wasn't even on football. Correct. Uh, it was in the Titans facilities. Uh, so basically it could have been, he was in the parking lot on his phone. It could have been, he was in the thing on his phone. There's conflicting reports whether the NFL was really clear on explaining to them exactly how it all worked. Regardless, he's going to be out for six games. That offensive line, though, is a little bit better with Skaronsky. Uh They're going to probably look to maybe pick up somebody in yeah, the offseason. Six games for that. That's got to be a statement punishment. Yeah. Titans aren't done yet either after signing DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're going to try to move some money around and find a rental, like a veteran like George Fant out of Seattle, uh, Seattle maybe, to bring in for that offensive line, at least for those six games, to get uh, the Titans some room, because here is the uh, thing, back to where we were talking about. This is a rejuvenated Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he is back to the health that he was. Now he has receivers to actually throw to. Not saying that Traylon Burks wasn't good last year. He got injured through a basically a terrible game when in Philly, bad concussion, was out multiple, multiple games. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, but he showed promise. He showed promise, and that was originally what they traded. That out was, of rookies, we like promise. Yeah. Yes. Like, that, let's be honest here. Most rookies, you're not looking at a rookie to be yeah. a, a Ezekiel Elliott type rookie. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, a play, a, a automatic playmaker. Yeah, they, I don't expect that out of any rookie. Small doses. Yeah, but well, that's that's what they that's like, give what, me one or two inspiring plays, and yeah. I'm gonna I'll be I'll be pretty like, okay. Yeah, per game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. And and that's what we are hoping from Traylon Burks. Like when when they traded AJ Brown to get Traylon uh, to get up to the spot to get Traylon Burks. It was a multifaceted thing. AJ Brown wanted twenty. I think he wanted about twenty five million dollars over four years. Uh, per, no, twenty five million dollars per year for four years. Uh, and the Titans really only off, willing to offer him twenty two. Tw- really was twenty plus incentives to get him almost up to, to almost twenty two for the four years. Per year for the four years. So it would be wow. like eighty, and then the guaranteed money I don't think was all there either. So they, that they trade they John Robinson by that number yeah, they John, got a good deal with DeAndre. So Deon they they should have paid him, but regardless, John Robinson did what he did. They traded up. They got Traylon Burks, and um, yeah, Titans suffered last year. I think that was one of the big reasons because of that. The offensive line and Taylor Lewan going down in game one was definitely the the big thing that. Eventually got Ryan Tannehill murdered, but the Titans didn't have anybody to throw to, even if that offensive line was yeah. going to be perfect. I mean, Traylon Burks was out there. You have Nick Westbrook, Akine, uh, Chig, and uh, it was tough to say the least. Titans were keeping in, themselves in the game with their defense, regardless. But now, you with the signing of DeAndre Hopkins, you have a Traylon Burks in year two who is starting to show a lot of promise and hopefully is going to be turning into what you wanted, which and is the comp to A.J. Brown. And the thing is, too, he's going to help release some of that pressure off D-Hop 
Exactly. On the field. Well, that, that's and the, stretch the field, that's too. That's the thing. You have, now you have a 1A, 1B. Exactly. And then you have a slot guy. Then you have... That a, playmaking tight Chinga's, end. Yeah, playmaking tight ends. And then if the offensive line can just hold it off long enough to get Tannehill the ability to get it downfield, that opens up everything. That opens up Derrick Henry's running ability because you, now you have to worry. You can't load the box with eight guys. You, you have to worry about DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks. So you've got four guys at least on the not, – I'm not saying they're both going to get double teamed, but you've got at least three guys on those two players alone. Throw an extra receiver in there, a tight end. If I was the Titans, I'm more worried about that offensive line. Yeah. Honestly, you have D-Hop, you have Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, this is where this is where the offensive line for me is going to be detrimental for the Titans is because Ryan Tannehill, he is accurate when he can, when he is. Don't get me wrong, he'll throw his interceptions, but Ryan Tannehill is not a scramble quarterback by any means. I don't think this guy this guy doesn't go out there expecting to run ever. He can move oh he can he can scoop move scoop and boogie, but it's not Lamar boogie, though, right? But, but, but you have to understand he is not he is And he's not, coming off a toe injury. He's coming I know off a toe he's healed, injury. But, yeah. If that offensive line can't give him three to four seconds minimum in the pocket the Titans' offensive think, line is going to lose them this season. Well, and I think I think that is something that they can possibly they're possibly going to be able to do. They're going to have a full off season. Obviously, uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer not being there is going to hurt for the first six games. But like I was saying, if they can go out and get a veteran rental rental guy like George Fant or somebody, well, I, you might be able to get Zach Martin off of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, He's threatening to leave. Well, it ge- it gives you an option, and like I think that I think it's going to be enough to where they're not going to have eight guys rushing. So it's not going to be. Yeah. So, with that being said, the Titans now have downfield threats. Uh, they have receivers. They have room for Derrick Henry. And the, it allows the Titans to run their offense. But it brings me to the question that I was telling Christian and you about this earlier. Um, does the signing of DeAndre Hopkins make you feel any better about the A.J. Brown situation? Yeah. In the sense, In the sense of now you have... A number one receiver, a veteran guy who is proven, who you know is going to give you productivity. He's definitely going to be good, and I, I truly do believe that. How good? To be said. He now you're just getting a different player, I think, in D Hop compared to AJ Brown, of course, well, who can stretch the field like no other player. So, my, so my my flip is is uh, Traylon Burks. Is that player that you are hoping that A.J. Brown is going to turn out to be? And I think that we could see a massive jump from Traylon Burks this year. I think so, too. Um, like a massive one. Well, and, uh, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's Baby steps, John. Come on. But now you, you have that 1A, 1B, a very proven veteran receiver. And then you have the guy who has the was, promise. Has the promise and was the comp to A.J. Brown. Does that not make Titans fans feel any better about getting off by having the guy you wanted to replace A.J. Brown, ideally. I mean, you can't replace him, but getting off, being able to replace him, also getting a number one receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, and then also being able to pay DeAndre Hopkins half of what you were going to pay A.J. Brown. Less guaranteed money, and that risk, too, because you got to remember, the Titans, when they had uh, A.J. Brown, he was he was in that uh, injury tent multiple times going down the field, whether you want to chalk that up to the Titans training staff, whether he was going in that contract here trying to get in the extension and like kind of not get career ended. What is that going to say 
about you. Because honestly, as a Titans fan myself, no, John Robinson, you will not be forgiven for your sins. Uh, that is the Lord's work, uh, at least not for me. Um, but I think that you, it makes the Titans easier to swallow what happened with the AJ Brown situation. I think if I were in your shoes too, I'd look at it that way. I think it is a, it's kind of a win-win for AJ Brown and the Titans. It is. There's only two negative factors in my opinion. And that is the fact that they only got a first round pick back for AJ. I think they could have got yeah. a lot more based off the market and you know how that works well it, it but was, yeah real quick too you know the thing is you know you also had that year where you guys suffered because of that trade and like you said that's on the gm well, but it it kind of reverted you guys back like from being contenders in the afc like let's be honest super bowl contenders and then you went to the afc championship yeah so it, it definitely hurt you guys and your growth but you're yeah. back to where you started probably two years ago. Of you know now you have that explosive offense. You have that explosive playmaker in Burks. You have a red zone threat in Hopkins, who's one of the best of all time. And Chig and Chig. I, who, I think that is underrated player that you got to. He watch. is very versatile for a tight end. Very versatile, and he's a big red zone threat. You could be a wide receiver three or four. Yeah, you could put him in the slot too. And you know, just point this out too. Uh, we have D Hop's not even in the top. 20 for highest paid uh salaries and no he didn't even get the odell money like yeah. and that was the, that was the whole comp this offseason was he's gonna have to get odell money to come which was 18 million dollars and the titans get off paying him that with those incentives 15 if he hits all the incentives which if we go over the incentives i mean i pick aj brown over deandre hopkins that's just yeah. for sure no i just think, based off age yeah. alone I just, think. Off just off of saw, everything off on, what we saw in the first couple of years with the titans and what we saw last year in yeah. philly for sure. And that's why I think no matter how you look at the situation, you won. Yeah. Your fans going to be mad at you that you did it all you want. Unfortunately. I mean, would I have liked to have seen them keep A.J. Brown rather than only get him for um, it's a what round ended. draft pick did they get him? It was first round. First it was a first round. But that's it. That's but that was no all other, they got. No other draft capital. Yeah. I feel like you could have gotten way more than that. Yeah. Well, fine. Was, that's why I felt Chomp that up to the lost. Yeah. It was, it was the thing of Brown might have, he very well might have held out like he, Which, he i get that he was wanting he was wanting 25 million dollars four years 100 million that's a lot and he got 57 million guaranteed that's about 60 million dollars overall guaranteed and they had to pay him 23 million up front on a signing bonus which try is to work still worth it to, to me sure yeah sure but like if what, you have the ca- salary cap with, with too, what they saw with injuries work. the year prior what is the, what, what are the titans thinking too and i'm not saying that john robinson made the right decision because i don't think he did but if you look at it from a business situation too, that's I know you're penny pension, but that's a lot. That is a lot of money. But at the same time, you know, those injuries were kind of caused by the offensive workload always centered around AJ Brown, you know, like yeah. I think in the last game of the season, I had him on my fantasy team too, so I was like, Oh my gosh, this is beautiful to see. But I'm pretty sure he had like twenty targets, which it's like you gotta move the ball around a little bit. If you expect people to stay healthy, yeah. you see what I'm saying there. Well, that's him and D- him and DK Metcalf, the uh, Ole Miss or yeah, Ole Miss two Ole Miss players. Uh, but I think it going DK back Metcalf, to the original fast guy, man. Going going back, yeah, I think he needs to get away from Seattle so hard. I, I disagree. I don't know. Seattle just popped out those new '90s jerseys today. And how much um, did we hear from DK Metcalf last year? Jerseys look cool. What do you mean? I mean, like Gino. Was the most accurate quarterback in all of football last year. I know, year. but like it, it felt like 
Him maybe, and Tyler maybe, Lockett? Maybe they just need some help up in Seattle or something. They, they just they don't get a lot of media coverage because they're nothing. They're not flashy by any means, but they get the job done. Well, I was under watching Pete DK. Carroll. He like he, mm-hmm. he just wasn't getting being able like he was getting double teamed every two seconds and like there's nobody really. Tyler Lockett takes the pressure off him. I know. It's. I mean, he's uh, he's getting up there in age, but I'd love, I'd love to see DK on the you, other side. Do you guys just want to hear a couple wide receivers that are making more? Yeah, than yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. So Allen Robinson for the Steelers. Steelers aren't paying all this money, but he's making fifteen million this year. Wow. Which Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro, sixteen million. Uh, he, he Brandon did. Cooks, nineteen million. Wow. Keenan Allen, twenty million. Those are older contracts too. Yeah, but, yeah. but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Still, like there, there's a big number gap there. So just for well, and how much money is that on the back end? But regardless, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But like, I mean, that is a steal, and you're still paying him 13. Well, so Hopkins possibly 32 million dollars. Yeah. Well, so Hopkins is getting a base of 12, and then here's how his incentives uh, work out. We're gonna we're get through this. Uh, catches 65, 65 catches gets him a uh, quarter million dollars. Seventy five catches gets him half a million. Eighty five catches gets him uh, three quarters of a million, and then ninety five catches gets him one million. I think uh, the uh, I can't remember who it was in the Titans. Ninety four is the uh, the record for catches in the season for the Titans, not the Oilers, uh, okay. but the Titans. It's I think ninety four. I could uh, see him getting ninety five. To be honest with you. Yards, so yards, 750 yards. If he gets that, that's another quarter million. Okay. 850s, 500, 950s, three quarters. And then if he goes over 1,000, 1,050, it's a million dollars. Touchdowns, four touchdowns gets him quarter million. That's easy. 500K for six touchdowns. Eight touchdowns gets him 750K. And then 10 gets him a million. Do you know who the second, uh, who on the Titans active wide receivers roster uh, before Hopkins Mike has the, Vrabel. Mike Vrabel has the most touchdowns uh, as a wide receiver on the Titans organization with twelve. That's it, awesome. It, and, the, and the thing is, he was a linebacker. Yeah, but he was he was he was he was, he was one of the favorite go to. Yeah, targets. the goal line options. Yeah. But still, I think that's one of the craziest things about this. Like it, it, that's incredible, and that shows you how desperately they needed wide receiver yeah. help. Traylon Burks got hurt a lot last year. Uh, so we'll definitely see what. No, ma- no matter what, it's, it's an upgrade, and I think the most realistic uh, incentive he's going to hit is that I think ten touchdown passes. So ca- like, catches. Like, it's like so possible for him. Like even if he doesn't get that yardage, he's going to be that red zone threat, that number you, one option. That you, go up you, and grab it, guy. What do you exactly. think? What do you think this move? Because Vegas doesn't think doesn't doesn't really think this is going to move this move the Titans anywhere. They still have them at eight and a half games. I think over under. I think it, right. a lot of it yeah. depends on uh, Tannehill. Tannehill's going to have to come out. He's going to have to figure out a way. If he's going to be that way. quarterback he was. He's going to have to figure out a way to sit in that pocket. And he's going to have to, well, he's going to have to rely on his line to keep him available in the pocket yeah. to get the ball off to Hopkins. If he can't do that, I don't think they're going to be able to move this ball that much. I, th- I think they finished second in the AFC South, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, they finished second, and like it, it took everything in their power to give that second away. Like they yeah. were up, what was it like five games? I mean, let's just look at it like this: the Texans won't be a threat this year. I don't believe I, I could see them winning five to six games. Colts won't be a threat. I think it's going to take uh, Anthony Richardson a little bit of time to develop if he ever does. Then you have the Titans, who have one of the best defenses in the NFL. 
then also the Jags, who made that last that next step last year under Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. So I think it's going to be a head-to-head battle between the Jags, then also the Titans. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, I'm obviously very biased. Of course. So I think the Titans win that division. It's, really- it's hard to say because you have to think about it, too. The Jags are getting their number one wide receiver back and Calvin Ridley, who was out for a year. So you're both getting these playmaking wide receivers. So it's going the league's going to look completely different, but the division itself is going to look completely different as well. Uh, and here's another point you need to think about. Will Levis, this is going to help his development if Tannehill does move on and the Titans move on next year. You know, you have that playmaker. You know, it could help him grow. Or if they go with Malik Willis as well, which I don't think they will, no matter what, those young quarterbacks are going to grow throughout this experience. Oh, yeah. Having a veteran receiver like Hopkins, that alone will just help quarterbacks Just a playing lot. catch. Yeah. Just have like watching them run routes. Yeah. That helps quarterbacks incredibly. And the knowledge D-Hop can give yep. them along the way. I'm super excited for Titans football this season. We should try to go watch them live oh, yeah. for we sure. Should definitely. I want especially if Hopkins is playing now. I just want to go just for that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be electric. I'm really excited to see it what the Titans do, but uh yeah, let's move on to the uh the Friday news dump. The Tennessee Volunteers received their punishment from the NCAA. All right, so uh, this dropped. I was very happy with this. We know. Very, we know. very happy. It was the right decision. He, he talked about this for the entire weekend, just so everybody knows, it too. It was And the then he correct. talked about how Tennessee, uh, it was the cor- a lawyer in Knoxville, tied the hands of the NCAA Rightly and forced so. them no, no. to not drop a bowl game ban. Didn't, didn't say that. They because basically the lawyer can tell NCAA what to do. <laughs> so here, so Tennessee uh, received their punishment for the from the NCAA. Uh, it was an eight million dollar fine. This okay. So let's set the stage. Back in uh, the Jeremy Pruitt era, there was some funny business going on. Uh, some very sloppy funny business. Some Cheating money. Some money going around. Violating, Is it not violating NCAA, NCAA, NCAA violations. Um, okay, yeah. so cheating. Thank you. Yeah. So they released their final findings on Friday while also handing down penalties How to, many violations, to the John? University of Tennessee. There were, <laughs> more many? Than two, there were more than 200 infractions that the okay. staff committed during the Jeremy Pruitt era. Now, Including Jeremy Pruitt's wife. Yes. Okay. okay. Let's. I let's, just wanted to grab the whole scope before we went any let, further. Let's preface that too. What is an NCAA violation? There are NCAA level one violations. I think Tennessee had eighteen of those or something like that. Buying a coke for a student athlete. Buying a would coke be for one. a student athlete at a dinner could be a violation. Uh, giving him free parking at a football game, coming in for a visit, could be a NCAA fraction. Which, which they did. A player, they got away. Dude, <laughs> they the code names they used. Do you have that? I up? Do. Yeah, yeah. Let's pull that up. Because I don't think I heard this. They what? used code names and they are hilarious for giving players so, these student oh, athletes funny. on so recruiting for one visits. Of, so for um so when Tennessee <laughs> when Tennessee st- uh, recruiting staff members were punished for the NCAA infractions, they actually had code names for recruits to use for the parking lots to get in free. Uh parking at the University of Tennessee is a little bit of a struggle. You probably pay like twenty bucks, thirty bucks, something like that. And then you'll still have to walk to get yeah, in free half a mile. There was depending on the game, there were some code words. Uh bring down BYU, noon at Neyland. Uh, you know why I'm here. <laughs> no cowbells in Neyland. Uh, 
The Vol Navy don't need no anchor, and then my favorite, Black Hawk Down. I love that. Oh I my love gosh! Those shout names. out, shout out, Mike Durant, my uh, former youth soccer coach. <laughs> um, this is incredible, right? But that's so not like the even play, so. Like the players would roll up to the parking lot and say the code. You word. know why I'm here? There, there's some, okay. So that's just that one. Is that insane. is just one. That is just one little <laughs> chuckle. And at, shout out to Adam Sparks uh, from Knox News uh, Sentinel. He is putting out some dimes on some of the stuff happening. Some of the stuff that we are not going to say on this program. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Um, but yeah, the University of Tennessee. They were really getting after it. Uh, I think they had. They got 26, um, I think they got, tw- no, 28 uh, scholarship reductions over five years. Right. Uh, some visits reduced, some this. But the thing is, Tennessee had already been started self-imposing those penalties uh, in years prior. So actually, they only have to get rid of like, I think it's like eight or ten scholarships over the next five years. Uh, they got to pay the $8 million fine. Yeah, because they knew well, Jeff, no, because we were taking responsibility for our actions. That's not the story uh, I'm willing to let ride on we this. Are, we I'm are just take, not willing to let this one uh, ride like that. We are taking we are taking appropriate. We took appropriate action. Well, uh, you say that, but the NCAA also came out like while you guys have been self imposing and you caught it, you also showed a lack of control. No, 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 that's not true. What what did they say? So, so that that is, that is I'll what that that okay. is what would give us that that term right there, Christian, is what would give us not the death penalty, but because no one's getting what Louisville got. Like that will never happen again. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is one thing that will never happen again. It's one of the reasons why Tennessee did not get a postseason bowl ban. There, that bowl bans are not going to happen anymore. They're just not going to happen, um, especially with the new. NIL, I think they can happen with the new NIL. But I think in. that the line you have to cross is a lot farther. They they basically said that Tennessee's athletic department was lacking awareness, but did not explicitly exemplify lack of institutional control. Didn't so, Jeremy Pruitt as his didn't they give a student rent and also paid for the, his parents' house? I mean, did Reggie Bush get his parents get a house? Okay, that's beside the point. But just to read exactly what the panel said. So, failure failure to monitor. The panel acknowledged in its decision that that Tennessee has dedicated significant financial and personal resources to its compliance to program, uh, which is led by a highly respected individual. The panel also acknowledged that the coaches and other football staff in this case intentionally worked to conceal their conduct from compliance staff. However, the panel determined that despite the compliance department's efforts, the scope and the scope of the violations in this case and the department's failure to detect the violations indicate that Tennessee failed to monitor their football program. Correct, but the the big one that Tennessee avoided because when the when it was brought to Chancellor Donnie Plowman's uh attention, she basically they brought the they brought the hammer down. They hired their own invest the university hired their own investigators. Uh they found out everything that was going on. And, um, yeah, they pretty much brought the hammer down on themselves. They fired the football staff, multiple players, uh, n- not players, uh, multiple, they were co- let go. multiple oh. coaches. Actually, you know what? They kind of fired players. Brian Maurer, I mean, they cut. Brian Maurer's and a couple of other people sat out. Henry Toto skedaddled out to Alabama. Uh, and then, uh, Darnell Washington. Oh yeah. Did you see Kirby's little remark when he was told, mm. did you know that Darnell Washington was paid at the university of Tennessee? Like Pruitt comes up to Darnell Washington's house when he was, when he had paid him already to try to get him to come to the university of Tennessee. And, uh, he was like, yeah, well, y'all, he was like, we're not going to go to Tennessee or whatever. And then he was like, well, you gave us this money. He's like, and then Pruitt's like, well, you don't have to give it back. I mean, 
Like this is this is a, this is a quote too. This is a quote. Like he basically went up to, and then Kirby was asked about, "Did you know that Darnell Washington was uh, paid before he went to Georgia? Uh, before he was recruited and went to Georgia?" Oh, I had no clue. I only know about the money I paid him myself. <laughs> no, but uh, he didn't. Kirby, did, Kirby Smart did not say that. I got to say that for the record. That's right. Yeah, legal reasons. That was a joke. Um, uh, that was a joke. But Tennessee, um, what they didn't get was because they did all of this, and Donnie Plowman and the university cleaned house, did their investigation, and then turned over their findings to the NCAA. They did not get that lack of institutional control, which would have wound them up in a situation like uh, Missouri. Or I, I don't think they ever would have been in that kind of situation, though. You know what I mean? Because they dealt, like you said, they did self-impose, but also like we're in a new era. Well, that's that's the big thing is uh, that's why I don't think bull bands are going to happen anymore. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like a... We've reached a point where there's too much money to be lost. Yeah. There's, but also, and that brings me to the point, how much money does the University of Tennessee make per year? Uh, and they they charge them $8 million for their infractions. I think that was too lenient well, on the, the you financial. Know those, you know what those infractions were for? That was what they said that they brought in for, I think, the bowls that they played. Because they had to vacate some wins, too. But they said that that was money that they brought in from, the, I think, the bowls that they played during those infraction years. Or okay. something like that. Which is... Okay, well, then that makes sense based off of that outline, but like, still, man, like, you're just being careless and you don't even care that you're cheating. And that's what it comes down to. You, they did cheat. So, okay, so as of June of uh, June 30th of 2022, the University of Tennessee's endowment consists of more than 3,700 individual endowment accounts. Uh, the total endowment for the University of Tennessee system stood at roughly $1.3 billion. Yeah, see, right there. So eight million is not even a slap. It's a it's a penny. That's, That's pocket change. The, you add, add twenty more seats to the university uh, to the Neyland Stadium and sell those, and you can probably get that money back. But see, I think that's there, where there it sits. Joke, like we it doesn't kicks, sit well with me. Some of the fans on Vol Twitter, who is an insane place, which I love. I'm part of the Vol Twitter um, chairman. Exactly. No, 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 not even close. To those some of those psychos. No, he's a good guy. I think uh, I met him a couple. <laughs> um, they some people were like, "Hey, it's like uh, Danny Dimes, the athletic uh, Danny White, the athletic director." Of the, he's like, "Drop that, uh, drop that Kickstarter, drop that. Uh, <laughs> like, we'll donate the money for the fine." I don't know. Is that a lot? Like, I'd donate five dollars or ten dollars. It's allowed. I'm pretty sure since it's a donation to the institution. Mm-hmm. I mean, I pay. I paid my student fees up at the University of Tennessee. So I mean. Uh, yeah, no, but Tennessee, uh, they they got the the punishment that they deserved, uh, and then we can all move on from this. They're not going to appeal that. They're not going to try to get any lighter punishment because really the only thing that they can appeal is if some of the evidence uh, was not factual or not true or did not exist. Uh, if I'm Tennessee, I see that punishment, and I'm going like, yeah, we'll take that one. Don't, <laughs> ask, for, don't ask for anything else because they might come back with something worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's what we got this week. It has been fun. Uh, we're going to keep an eye out for next week. Maybe we'll go over the um, all the players that Austin P signed. And then uh, hopefully we are going to get that news drop on Friday from the NFL. That would be fun. Uh, we're killing time between the offseason. So uh, for Christian Brown, for Jeff Matthews, I'm John Glass. Peace.